Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is WEEI Late Night with KJ Carson on WEEI. The Celtics, for the second time this year, their nine-game win streak will come to an end in a Monday night road game. And they will take their talents and the NBA's best record to South Beach. Jason Tatum and the Celtics made a run early in the fourth. But Orlando shoots 51% from the floor. They knocked down their threes tonight. Cole Anthony was great off the Orlando bench. And the Magic become the first team this year in Jonathan Isaac's return to beat the Celtics in this season series. Second hour, late night, WEEI. It's KJ. Thank you so much for being here. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Still to come. It's already over for the Bills. They're done, and there's literally a window of opportunity for the rest of the AFC East at hand. That's coming in 15 minutes. Celtics lose 113-98. Thank goodness this isn't a playoff series. If it was, you'd be like, oh, my God, Orlando's up 3-1. What do you think will happen? Look, I think what's happening here with, with, with the Celtics sometimes and some of these lower teams, okay, let's just call it with the Magic. You're like, it's the Magic. They're never good. They haven't been good in a long time. It's a bunch of young guys. We can kind of go in there and flex the way we want to and just walk out like just off of talent. And they got embarrassed. Now, granted, Jason Tatum went out with some type of Nick, came back with a couple minutes left. They made a late run, but it wasn't enough. No Malcolm Brogdon, but it's, it's bigger than that. Celtics had double the fouls, double the fouls that the Magic had. And that leads to what? Free throws. Celtics, 11 free throws. Granted, they hit eight of them. But the Magic had 24 free throws. And you've got eight more. That's eight more points right there. So literally, now you'd bring that game down to, if say the Celtics had eight more free throws they could hit, and they hit them all. Now it's a 113-106 game. It's a different story. But ridiculous fouls. And then here's the, this is the thing that jumps out at me. That just makes me just go, oh. 46 three-point attempts tonight? 46? Yeah, I know you hit over 35 total, but you took 46. They took 27, only had to make 11 of them, and beat you by 15. It's almost like they were scared of like the magic size that they bring with like Wagner, Boncaro, Bull Bull. Like, well, I they, think they were scared. But here's the thing. This is the team, this is the type of team where you know, hey, if you're going to go up against Embiid or you're going to see Giannis, this is where you have to treat Orlando like a sparring partner. 
hey, you guys may be good one day, but we're going to try out the stuff that we want to try out on Embiid on you. So we're taking it to your chest. Make the officials blow that whistle because think about it. In a situation where you say uh, Tatum doesn't get calls, you would get every call based on all the people on the score tonight. Every single call. Banchero, yeah, great player. He's not going to get the calls. Franz Wagner, no. Mike William, no. None of those guys are going to get the call if you take it to their chest. And you don't. 18 to 10 turnovers, 18 to 10. Come on, turnovers? What's up? Why turnovers? Again, if you've got a young team in front of you that going into tonight had a losing record at home and was 11 games or, sorry, 12 games under 500, what are you supposed to do to them? And here's what makes it worse. You haven't done it to them the last three times you played them. So you might say, hey, well, the season series is over. That's Orlando. But that these are the games that I talk about that say, okay, can you show that the teams that you're supposed to dominate, even if you have no Malcolm Brogdon and you have no uh, Al Horford, when you don't have, I mean, I'm sorry, when you don't have uh, Robert Williams, when you have those, you don't have those two guys, that really shouldn't matter. It shouldn't. But 46 three-pointers against this young team, that's, that's what, I mean, that's, I, I don't get it. I, I mean, I don't have the post game because things are moving so fast when the show comes on. Like, you know, post game is just happening, so you don't get to turn these things all the way around. Yeah, I hold the first frustration in Joe Mazzulla's voice, and I wonder if at what point do you do you guys the the team like okay, you need to stomp a mud hole in someone like Orlando, show your tip top defense, show your best two point offense, see how many of those dudes you can get to foul out. See if you could get one of your buddies that you used to be in your day camp to, to come out there on the court and be able to come check you. I get in here, son. Remember this from when you were nine? But no, you let these teams hang around. You give up 30 points in the first quarter. Then you're trying to chase, chase them down in the second. And then the Tatum thing happens in the third. And next thing you know, here you are chasing and running in the fourth, trying to run them down, and it isn't enough. Still get outscored in the fourth, even trying to make a run. Jalen Brown, five turnovers. Come on. I mean, we can't really have... Can it, Do All-Stars average on the regular four, five, six, four, five, six, those consistent numbers and turnovers a game? Is that an All-Star? No. But if that's, if, if that's what Jalen Brown wants to be considered as, you got to be serious about the turnovers. My goodness. Like, it was the blaring and glaring problem in the NBA Finals. And you're having five turnovers against one of the worst teams in the league. That's the funny thing about when teams tend to be the worst team, th- teams in the league, they're the ones that tend to have the turnovers. That's what young teams do. Unbelievable. Out-rebounded. <laughs> I, I mean, like, what, what? Yeah, some people would say it's just one game. But if you've lost three games to this same team, then that... To me, that just shows a form of disconnect. Disconnect. Like, are we awake, folks? What are, what are we doing? I mean, the benefit of the doubt with that disconnect, though, is that you didn't have Robert Williams, you didn't have Marcus Smart, you didn't have Brogdon. This was a team that was relatively healthy for a majority of the year. But and- Orlando has none of those guys, right? Like, if any one of those three guys played for Orlando, that would be the big news that, hey, Smart's not playing tonight up against the Celtics, and we need his defense against Tatum and Brown. 
or oh man, we don't have we don't have Robert Williams back there to help kind of protect the rim or anything like that, or oh man, we really could use the leadership of Malcolm. You see what I'm saying? Like these three guys that are not there would be stars for Orlando. You still have Tatum and Brown. That should be enough. You got Tatum, Brown, and Horford. And you can't beat these guys? I mean, these are the games that Grant Williams should be able to like, Yeah, Grant Williams went off for like 15, 17 points. Sam Hauser got loose, and he did a little bit. You know, Luke Cormack, Cornette got in there and battled for 15, 20 minutes and maybe get you 10 rebounds, six points. You know, like Peyton Pritchard, I mean, though he got a lot of run, but this can't be a game where you run for 30-something minutes and score five points. Yeah, I can see if this was like a defensive juggernaut like like the Bucks, and you got to tighten the rotation. This is a night where, look, every, pretty much everybody played. Everybody got to play. And you still and you can't pull this off and haven't been able to pull it off against Orlando. It's kind of embarrassing at this point. And I hate to be a fatalist, but this is what I say. Like, nobody's going to take you serious if you can't beat these teams that, okay, first of all, the, the price is increased because you're in town. So you need to be the ones laying the smackdown. Two, you know you got a game the next night up against Miami, so you want to be able to say, look, run these guys off the court early, sit down, cross those legs, kind of talk with each other, let the backup guys get runs because you're going to need Tatum and Brown tomorrow in Miami or the next game in Miami. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just kind of flabbergasted. So then now, what are your expectations for the next five games? Because as you said, tomorrow night it's the Heat. Then, yeah. it's, then it's four straight home games. Knicks, Lakers, Nets, Suns. Well, now you got to really go all in out. you got to go all out on this Miami game now because you you dropped this one to Orlando. I forget that you had a winning streak going on. Forget a, a snapped win streak. Like Maybe you want to bring that win streak back home. The Saturday night game is going to be a big deal because it's the Lakers. Then you've got the Nets behind that. That's what I'm saying. Like Get these wins here. Because a game like the Lakers is going to be tough. Phoenix might be a tough game despite who they don't have. The Nets, I don't think will be as tough. But you don't want to come back home, potentially, you know, asleep at the wheel for two straight games to Miami and Orlando, one bat, one worse than the other, and then try and turn it on for a Saturday night game. Because all eyes are going to be watching. Plus, you know, Rui Hachimura now with the Lakers, I'm sure probably by Saturday, they will be getting him some rotations into the game, and he's a, ni- he's a nice piece for them. It-, it doesn't change the narrative. That's a really good point, though, about the prime time. The next four games are all on prime time, like yeah. two, TNT, ABC, ESPN, that, like the whole nation po- right. are possibly going to be watching. Well, really, when you say the whole nation, you're really talking about the ABC Saturday night game where they're doing like the rivalry night, rivalry week. So Lakers, Celtics at the Garden Saturday night. And the last thing you want to do is come back limping from Florida. Be like, oh, oh, Florida, that was a tough trip. No. Should have won tonight, ran them off the court early, get these other guys like Pritchard and Cornette, Cornette and all these other guys, get them runs, have your stars fresh for tomorrow, plus the guys who are coming back, Horford could get a rest. You know, thinking ahead like that. Now, granted, Miami's, you know, I mean, they're they're okay this year. They're just above 500, but still, they're going to be they're going to be ready to shoot their guns for sure. I mean, Celtics coming to town. It's a a, a a replay of last year's Eastern Conference Finals. 
You can't be asleep at the wheel in these games against Orlando because you want to play Miami hard. You got to play them hard. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. The NFL playoffs just turned a very interesting narrative even more interesting. That's next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. A little frustration here. You know, Diggs wants to win. You know, he's a highly emotional player. They love each other, but right there he's like, listen, I was open. Late night, WEEI. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. KJ. Late night. Thanks for hanging out. That was towards the end of the Bills game with the Bengals and the frustration with Stefan Diggs not getting the ball from Josh Allen. Folks, it's the beginning of the end before they even had a beginning in Buffalo. Joe, you remember last week where a guy called up from Buffalo and he had his chest out? Yes, I know exactly who you're talking about. And... I kind of got on him for using kind of what I call drama porn, if you will, to get his point across about the team. And all I said to him is, Joe Burrow is an assassin. Joe Burrow is going to win. Yes, I remember that. Those, no. I think those were ex- your exact words. Yes, because <clears throat> you can see the difference between those who expect it to be given to them and those who go out and get it for themselves. And that's what you see with Cincinnati And that's what you're starting to see crumble from the situation with the Bills. It was this year for them to win. I mean, my goodness. You want to talk, you think I talk about Mac Jones and the hand holding that goes on? My God, the Bills in the NFL. I would say about 80% of people who like watch football were picking the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Well, yeah. I mean, I think the whole idea was that they, that's the narrative that they wanted to have go out was, the Bills have suddenly become America's team, you know, because of the DeMar Hamlin situation. And even when they had gone to DeMar Hamlin and, and showed him as the, as the Bills were trying to drive, I was like, hasn't he been there like the entire time? Like, we're, why are we cutting to a shot to him now? Like, what? Like, that's just too much TV. Let's just stick to the game. But the Bills, this was the year they were supposed to do it. I mean, you remember last year when we should have gotten the ball too? And it didn't work out for them when it came to the Chiefs. So they changed the rule. Hey, everybody gets the ball in overtime, even if they score a touchdown. I guess then we go to Southern death. They're like, what do you, huh? Then because of what happened in the original Cincinnati Buffalo game. Hey, if Buffalo and Kansas city make it to the AFC championship game, the game won't be in Kansas City. We're going to move it to indoors in Atlanta. Unbelievable. That's why Joe Burrow at the end of the game said, well, guess you better get your refunds. <laughs> I love that guy. 
What do you think about the Bur- sorry not to go off track, but what do you think about the Burrow comparisons to like Tom Brady? He's probably the closest thing that we're seeing to it in real time. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily knock it just because there's this ice cold veins thing now. Now, to help that narrative, they've got to get back to the Super Bowl, which I think they can do. And he, he's got to win it, and I think he will, and it would be the first for Cincinnati. You better send those refunds. <laughs> you better send them. But when you look at why I say the Bills are in trouble, and that this whole AFC JV banner thing that they've been doing is in trouble, next year, they're already over the cap. And I hate cap talk, but I, this is important when I tell you this, is that let's just say Stefan Diggs says, I want out of here. Well, his cap hit will be $45 million if you try to get rid of him. <laughs> it's still going to go against your cap. Von Miller, oh, that's the albatross right there. And he's hurt too. 18 mil next year, 40 mil if you get rid of them. <laughs> They're over leveraged. They paid for now, and they're going to be paying for it starting right now. So the the only beneficial thing that they have going is that players like Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie, those guys aren't free agents for a couple more years. But at the end of the season, coming up, Jordan Poirier is a free agent. Let's see. Tremaine Edmonds, that's a big yeah, one. Yeah, Tremaine Edmonds, but you know, you you figure they're going to keep they're going to keep they're going to try and keep that interior alignment going. Shaq Lawson, yeah, Lawson, Marlowe. Yeah, so so you you've got some things in front of you, Devin Singletary, which yeah, you might not you probably see better value out of him. You've got Cook there. But where they are right now is in a quandary. And then you say, "Okay, well, could this potentially be an opening for the Patriots?" Sure. They got $40 million in space. And let's just face it, you might not see Hunter Henry here next year because his cap hit is $15 mil, but you get rid of him, it's only a $5 million hit. So you might just have to ride it out with John U. Smith for one more year because you just can't... Well, you might get rid of him and, and pay the extra $2 million. You know, So there are players in place that can be replaced and you can make your move. And this is why I think the Patriots have to be more serious than ever about what the future of the franchise is going to be over the next three years. Because if it's just a lot of chaos like it has been this year uh, and a little bit of it the year before, just a little bit of it, it's not going to bode well for the team moving forward when the team that's supposed to be head and shoulders above everybody else for the rest of the division for a while, I had it. That that plane is coming in for a landing suddenly. Yeah, I don't think anyone was happier than like the Dolphins in the past to see the Bills lose, thinking, huh, there's actually a shot at the division for the way they looked against Cincinnati. It may even make the Dolphins make a hasty move if they don't know what they can get out of Tua. Right? Because you've got all these great pieces around them, but you just don't know if Tua is going to be able to get it all together to be there consistently for a full season. So even Miami, with all the weapons that they have, if you have no quarterback, it doesn't matter what those weapons do. And let's just say they have half of a quarterback right now because you don't know what the other other part of that's going to be. So at the end of the game, Bills, Bengals, where the Bengals win decisively. Think about that. In the snow, on the road, at your place, and you get... Like, even the governor of New York was like, see, 
why am I going to give you guys a dome? <laughs> like, like it, it would, was pretty mind boggling that with like everything set up there, like the conditions in Buffalo, that they were just not that they lost, but that they lost pretty like they handily. Lo- they lost right away. The game was over within the first seven minutes. That's what's it, the most shocking was because it was that big of a gap. Uh, I wasn't shocked. Like I said, Joe Burrow is an assassin. Here's Sean McDermott on his thoughts on the outburst that happened with Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen. That's what makes him good is, is what you saw is he's very competitive. Like we all are. Um, we work extremely hard at these jobs to, to, to be the best we can possibly be. And it hurts. And, um, you know, I, uh, I wouldn't want a guy that it, it doesn't hurt. Right. So, um, he put it all on the line out there. We put it all on the line, and tonight it wasn't good enough. And uh, um, you know, that's that's the part that stings. Yeah, that 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 salary cap's going to sting too. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's no sympathy for the Bills. They were supposed to be the crown. They were supposed to be the story this year. Everybody was supposed to love them. They've never won it. Guess what? You still haven't won one. I'm being very, very methodical in my flex on page on, 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 on Bills fans. Yeah, well, where are you guys? Right next to us. You know, I'm working with my kid, you know, when she comes home and does math, I'll say, you know what? Anything that that minus zero is the same number. So, for example, six. Minus zero is still a six. But zero minus zero is still a zero. And that's what's happening in Buffalo. That's why I know this one stings. That's why social media is mighty quiet. They talk about how Dallas Cowboys fans are this, that, and everything. Oh, boy, Bills fans are something else. Yeah, like they had heartbreak last year against Kansas City. Now we'll think of them now. But but even like in Super Week, the parody from last year. Super Week said, you will go to Kansas City and you will lose. This year, I said I wasn't going to parody the Bills. So much has happened. A lot was going on. There's a part of you saying, hey, it is a feel-good story. But as a Patriots fan, a better feeling story is what's happening right now, is what happens right now. I guess there will be no game in Atlanta next week, huh? And then what? They had two straight games in Detroit this year. Remember that? Like, okay, because of the excessive snow that they had there. Oh yeah, like they moved the game, and then they had Thanksgiving on uh, against Detroit. Like three days later in the same in the same stadium. Like, my goodness, do you want us to hold it? No, let me stop. Let me not even say that. <laughs> I know it's the blue hours, but I can't get that blue. But my, yeah, it's it's one of those situations where you're like. How much more can the league do on your behalf and you still fail? Maybe that's an indice of society, right? I do. I keep bailing you out, bailing you out, bailing you out, bailing you out. What, what, what ends up happening? You're in jail. <laughs> keep bailing you out. You just keep going. And that Von Miller situation, that Von Miller contract now looks really tough on the books. Really tough. And it's an Achilles, I believe, I think, isn't it? I think it was a torn ACL. Torn ACL, that's it. Torn ACL. So you're asking an an advanced age guy to come back from a torn ACL who's due 18 mil next year, 
But if you're trying to move him, he's 40 large dead on your books. And you hear me going like, oh my God, Aguilar. At least he's off the books. This is why the Patriots, if Gerard Mayo's the guy, start making that move. Get that offensive coordinator in here ASAP. At least you then know what the team is working with and start building to go after a very vulnerable Buffalo Bills team. Because now everybody's going to feel like, oh, these dudes going to choke. <laughs> it's, it's not, not only is it not a question, but it, it's like the answer. <laughs> choke, uh, Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I've never seen anybody placated to the way the Bills have been the last two years. They literally went and argued to the league about something called sudden sudden death. That's why it's called sudden death. And he even modified that. I don't even know if, Joe, you remember at a time where if you kicked a field goal, that's the game. Yeah, I remember that. It was first score win. So it's like yeah, that's the, the, the best one I could think of was like um, – uh, the Saints and the Vikings in the 09 AFC Championship. Right? Yeah, I think it was one, 2010. And like the Vikings. Yeah, the one that where, yeah. Uh, yeah, where Brett Favre got knocked out of the game. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then he came back. But then when they hit to overtime, Saints won the toss. They go down the field, kick the field goal. Boom, they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Sudden death. Now people are like, well, they just came down and kick a field goal. Stop them from going down the field. But they went. they went to the league. The Bills went to the league and said, hey, just because they scored a touchdown, we should have a chance to try and score a touchdown too. Like, I feel like it's going to get to a point where they're going to adopt like the college rules. You know, you like start in the 20. No, that would be the worst. The, the, <laughs> the, PA, the NFLPA would not allow for that because that's just too close of quarters for a, for more excessive contact. They're, 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 they won't allow that at all. They'll be like, you, like, you guys are smoking. But, yeah. Here's Josh Allen on how just how devastating this loss was. Uh, he's a fiery competitor. He wants the ball. And uh, whatever it was that we couldn't get him the ball tonight, um, you know, we're going to have to learn from him. <laughs> That's why you lost. You didn't get him the ball. Yeah. yeah I... um, obviously, you want to you win all of them. The way it goes sometimes. Um, they, had a good, they had a good game plan. Credit to those guys. They came out. They played hard. Um, we just didn't have it today. Didn't have it last year. Didn't have it before that. I mean, I'm not going to count 50 years. I'm not going to do that. You won't. You won't include the four straight Super Bowl losses. I saw all of them. You know, still, still their biggest moment right now is Frank the Frank Wright comeback. That's still like that's still really their Super Bowl. Well, that in the day that O.J. Simpson ran for over 2,000 yards. That was a historic day. Look, the fans are entertaining there in Buffalo. I get it. It's the only thing you got. Well, you got the Sabres there, but eh, they're a little better this year. But they haven't won anything either. So literally you have an entire town that sporadically, sportatically, has won nothing. And who's football team has its most losses in the history of its fan franchise to the New England Patriots. And keep in mind, the Patriots weren't always good. (laughs) So that tells you how long Buffalo has been bad. But to me, what's happening right now, oh, that's worse. That's worse. 
That's like blowing your inheritance before you get it. How'd you do that? He's, Pops is still living. How, how do you blow your inheritance before you got it? I, to me, it was just absolutely fascinating. I still think about that call. Why can't you play the game in Kansas City if Kansas City has a better record? Why can't you just take it on the road? It's still on the road. No, it's going to be in a neutral site indoors in Atlanta. So that way the league can make some extra cash, run their TV packages, get a larger st- because Atlanta Stadium, I think that dome fits like 80,000. So you're like, okay, we can get 80,000 in here and it, they not be as cold because it'll be in cold in Kansas City. And that's the other thing with Kansas City now. Patrick Mahomes' ankle is a bigger story than they're trying to let on. Yeah, that, it's a, a high ankle sprain. Like, yeah. Mac Jones missed three yeah. weeks because of that. Yeah, Mac Jones actually, you know, like literally lost a tear ducket crying so hard off of that same injury. So it's not an easy injury. And here's the other thing. I, I heard from a Chiefs fan today. I said, yeah, if Mahomes doesn't have that ankle, you don't have a Chiefs team. Because all those, what was it, 14 passes that Travis Kelsey caught the other day, a lot, at least seven of them were from... Pat Mahomes dipping and diving, moving shoulders and squeaking left, squeaking right, and then delivering the ball. If you're asking him to just stand up there like a toy soldier, like, you know, the old rock him, sock him football, uh uh-uh. No, because now a lot of those squiggly passes, you need more arm strength on those. I'm not saying he doesn't have arm strength, but Patrick Mahomes' secret is making people miss chaos ensues. Yeah, the improvisation. There you go. You look at the quarterbacks that are left. Purdy, improvisation. Jalen Hurts, improvisation. Joe Burrow, improvisation. Patrick Mahomes, improvisation. Except with the injury now, right now, Patrick Mahomes is the the least mobile of the four remaining quarterbacks. And I and, and here's that's why I say Joe Joe Burrow is an assassin. He pretty much just took Buffalo and went out of their balloon. And the Chiefs are like, right, I hear their prayers right now into Sarasari to Father. Please, we cannot lose this team four in a row. Please, Lord, not this Joe. Yes, that one. This is going to be a good weekend of football. All right, KJ Late Night, WEEI wraps next. Thanks so much for hanging out. Well, I thought uh, this team uh, uh, with uh, 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 Dak at quarterback, uh, I thought we had a chance to uh, uh, get to and compete at the top level in this in this tournament. I really did, and uh, that was our edge here tonight. Uh, I thought the quarterback and experience of the quarterbacks, uh, they might have had a little edge and. and uh, uh, area there, but still, I thought our quarterbacks were the age. <laughs> Late night, WEEI, KJ. That's Jerry Jones on his thoughts on Dak Prescott and their loss to the 49ers. He thought they had the better quarterback. And by his money that he's spending, he's supposed to, and he didn't. I mean, I mean, just a, a one-sider here. We well, were talking well, about the Bills. No, hold, on, hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Because this is about Dak Prescott and this is about Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones knows 
that he's now overpaid for Dak Prescott. He knows this. And the reason why he knows this is because he had a chance to pay him decently and chose not to. That's why he kept franchising him, franchising him to the point where I think Dak ended up getting, once he got his extended deal, it was like he got $72 million in one year. And to put this in perspective, when they were haggling about Dak Prescott and the deal that he originally wanted, it was somewhere in the neighborhood of about $28 million a year. If that deal had been done a couple of years ago, guess what Jerry Jones could easily be doing right now? Shopping Dak Prescott for another quarterback. But now he's locked into it. So Jerry Jones must have to feel inside of his chest, one, I played myself by not giving this guy easy money at the time and could have an option right now. Like He could be like, we're moving on from Dak Prescott and go after Tom Brady as a one-year rental for $50 million. He could do that if he had signed Dak Prescott when Dak deserved his money. But because he waited and debated and eh, and this and franchise tagged him and then he gets injured and so forth and everything like that, you know, Dak Prescott is not the same quarterback that one thought he was going to be. One, because of injury, and I think two, you know, familiarity breeds contempt at some point. And, and sometimes you turn around and you say, well, is there a reason why he went in the third round and is this what we're starting to see now? I think part of the conversation that's gotten in Dak's head is all the things that he's supposed to be, he's trying to prove that he's not. I guess it's a, everything I I they they say that I am is what I'm not to be. Something like that, I think. It's a song that went that way. And so <laughs> there's a hilarious meme that's popped up today. Marcellus Wiley, shout out to him. Shared it, and I've shared it, Twitter, at KJ Carson. It's a picture, the controversial picture of Jerry Jones as a, 14-year-old, whatever he was, at that Arkansas school on the first day of integration, and it zooms into Jerry's face, and it says, Jerry jo- uh, Jerry Jones looking at Dak Prescott a- 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 after the Cowboys postgame. <laughs> I can attest you were laughing at that for like two minutes. Uh, that is that's, That might be top five meme of the year, because <laughs> while you can't factually say that's how Jerry feels... This is a picture of Jerry feeling a certain way about a certain situation happening on his watch. <laughs> and what I was going to say is, like, you feel, like, sympathy for the Bills? Like, no one feels sympathy for the Cowboys at all. Yeah, well, see, the the thing is, the Cowboys just aren't built for this. That's just really what it is. Ezekiel Elliott is past his prime. Now that Pollard's hurt and he's up for a new deal, you're probably going to lose him. Because you're not going to bring him back at the money that he wants. And, and, he's he, not gonna... and he broke his leg. Right. So you've got that. You've got a kind of a, a, a mosh posh receiving core after C.D. Lamb. You know, you moved on from Amari Cooper to make C.D. Lamb the number one. Would it be any different if you had Cooper and Lamb? How teams prepare. Dak has become very tight end dependent. And then, my God, that last play of the game yesterday, you're like, like was this kind of like like a, a big half piece salute to Jerry I know. Jones. Did you did you see uh, Elliot right after he snapped it get run over? Yeah, he is. That's what's going to happen. The running back is snapping the ball. And you, like there's <laughs> at first I'm thinking, isn't this an illegal formation? Because doesn't someone have to cover both sides of the ball? But I guess in the technicality of it, like in a situation like that, why not put a tight end to hike the ball back? 
After all, he is a line guy. Yeah, plus when they start lateraling it, it's like everyone's eligible. Well, but you know where that probably comes from? That probably comes from what they saw in the Patriots-Raiders game, where who do you want to be backwards available for the lateral to happen? So so probably because of what they saw in that Patriots-Raiders game coming away with, hey, we don't want the quarterback to be the furthest one back on a lateral play that we're trying to move. And then here's the thing. When when Dak Prescott threw the ball to the receiver, the receiver was already in the arms of... of <laughs> yeah, it was like a high ball, he leapt for it, and then yeah, right when he like, came down the feet, bam, he got tackled. Right, like most of those guys are supposed to be 15, 20 yards back, so at least catch the ball... And start the lateral process going. Look, no one, like you said, no one feels bad for the Cowboys moving forward, but Jerry Jones just really has to sit around and think not only have I now overpaid for Dak Prescott, but I don't have any options next year because his number is too high for so many other teams liking that he can't make a move. He can't go get Tom Brady to say, Tom, I feel like I got three years left. Can you give me a Super Bowl this year and get whatever? I'll give you $50 million. Brady would probably do it at this point. But he can't do it because who's going to take Dak Prescott in that number now? And I think his number is like $40 million. He's like the next Derek Carr. All right, remember, at Twitter, at W-E-E-I, I'm KJ Carson, at KJ Carson on Twitter and on Instagram. I don't do too many pictures of my food or myself. At KJ Carson IG. Joe, thank you again. Talk to you tomorrow night, 10 p.m. here, W-E-E-I. See you.